Welcome to Rounding Third, the official podcast of the Nashville Sounds. On the field, off the field, Rounding Third takes you inside Nashville Sounds baseball. Here's your host, Jeff Hem. Welcome to another edition of Rounding Third. It's Jeff Hem here with you, joined today by left-hander Ethan Small. And Ethan, thanks for your time in doing this. These podcast episodes are fun, I think, for the fans because... They can get to know you a little bit more. It's less about the season and how you're pitching and last night's outing. It's more about off-the-field stuff. And for you as a, a native of West Tennessee, let me start with this. What are some of your earliest baseball memories, either as a Little League player or as the fan in you? What comes to mind when you think as far back as you can go with the game? Yeah, so I have very faint memories of playing t-ball when I was four on some crappy dirt field in uh, <laughs> Lexington, I'm sure. And then, uh, you know, Little League days, you know, our, I didn't play much league ball, so I played my travel ball in Memphis and Nashville. So I traveled both ways um, to try and get some competition that way. Where in your youth to teenage years did you realize, all right, I'm, I'm pretty good at this game relative to some of the guys that I'm playing with and against? Right. I felt like I always played pretty well. Um, I would say maybe started started standing out when I hit my growth spurt around 13 14 years old um, and at that point I was like already six one didn't grow much more after that but <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, yeah and I was left-handed and, and pretty pretty lanky so you know you, you fit us pretty pretty niche profile when you <laughs> when you have that so they pretty much said uh, you're gonna pitch and I started pitching or you know a little bit more and uh, did pretty well and got a scholarship. Had you ever played many other positions or pretty much as far back as you can think, was it just pitching? Um, I played a lot, I played a ton of outfield and first base. First base was my favorite to play. Um, I worked on picking balls out of the dirt, you know, diving in the outfield and practice, which probably was a bad idea looking on it, <laughs> looking back on it. But uh, And I loved to hit. I used to love hitting. Um, it's probably the only thing I miss about baseball. I feel like the hitters, they get to have all the fun, and we just get to throw the balls to them. That's what it feels like. You described your, your body type as a kid. I remember you, you talked about that a couple of years ago when I asked you about your changeup. You said, hey, I was a really tall, lanky kid as a teenager, so that pitch with big hands always came easy right. to you. And you're remembering 13, 14 years old, mm -hmm. that the body type was helping you at that time. Yeah, that uh, that changeup grip came from Dave West, uh, who unfortunately passed away, yes. but um, – you know, he had monstrous hands, and I remember uh, he was my pitching coach starting from maybe when I was 13, 14, just right around that time, and he he kind of just, you know, we compared hand sizes, put mine up to his, and he was like, oh, okay, so maybe you maybe you can throw this pitch. Yeah. And uh, apparently that's the one he threw, and I've thrown it ever since I was 14. Yeah, if people are hearing that name and thinking, why do I, I know that name? Memphis native, former major leaguer, and like you said, passed away within the last couple years what did he what did he mean to you back then and as you got older uh, whether he told you hey kid you're going to be in the big league someday or just you got to be around a guy who'd been to the highest level what did that do for you um i think a lot as far as taking the the next step turning at that point it was trying to you know be the best i could be in high, in a high school and then it turns into you know where can i go play in college um and i was just right on that line of like still a kid developing into something maybe that could be a prospect um, coming out of college and, and eventually probably a little bit of the draft too. Um, but I remember one time, the best, the coolest thing that ever happened. Um, somehow, me and my dad drive all the way to Memphis about an hour and a half to throw a bullpen with him. I don't have a glove. And he gives me his 
19 whatever year World Series glove that he pitched with, and that's what I used for my bullpen. So that was pretty special. Wow, that's awesome. Do you remember how like how big it felt in your hand? It was big. <laughs> it, it, it felt like an outfielder's glove. Yeah. That's what it, it was. What it felt like. And I mean, he had huge hands. Yeah, no doubt. Um, do you remember the first time you realized you were being scouted? Um, yes. So my my senior summer, um, you know, soft toss and lefty, soft toss and lefty. I'm going to all these perfect game events. I'm hitting 82, 83. Um, and I believe later on into that summer, I had an outing um, probably about, I think it jumped to like 83 to 85, touched an 88. And I was like, wow, okay, maybe we got, <laughs> maybe we got something here. And uh, and then after that, that was kind of the last tournament of the year there. And then, you know, went back home, trained, 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 trying to throw hard, trying to throw hard because uh, we had that, um, what is it called? The World Wood Bat in Jupiter, which is the big one with all the pro scouts and college and, you know, everything. So I wanted to go down there and try to throw my version of hard, whatever that was going to be is what it was. And I remember uh, my dad used to catch me sitting down on a bucket and that he's brave. I'll just give him that. <laughs> he's very brave. Um, but I remember we had this old like Bushnell gun. I'm throwing it as hard as I can. It's like, it's showing 85, 85, 85. And this is a week before that tournament. And I'm thinking there's just no way that that's only 85. I'm letting this thing go. And he's like, that's really hard. He was like, I don't know, but I think you're fine. And I was like, all right, 85, whatever. Maybe in a game, I'll get it up to 87. Yeah. I go down there and my first three innings, I'm sitting 90, 93 for the first first time I had ever touched 90 and it, it makes no sense it just had a big jump so yeah that was leading into my senior year of high school so I had a lot of scouts at my games for the rest of my high school days so did it turn out to be a good thing that the gun at home was off like for your psyche or do, are you realizing man I wish that gun would have been more accurate when we were practicing this to tell you the truth I don't know I I think it makes a cooler story yeah no only doubt. seeing 85 and then a week later you hit 93 um but yeah, I have no idea. And then the, you know, an outing after that, like four days later, short rest, still sitting like eighty nine, ninety one, and I'm like, I have never done this. Like it just yeah. kind of happened. That's how it happened. And you know, if you talk to a lot of guys, everybody has that kind of weird like spike yeah. just from whatever reason. Yeah. Look, you're still a young guy. You're early in your career. You've gotten to the big leagues a little bit. Is there anything though? given the time that's passed that you would tell the high school you now that you've gone through what that guy was going to go through right um that's a tough one because really my my path has been more of an underdog one and I know that's weird to say as a first rounder but that that year that I uh pitched at Mississippi State and I mean it was like a fourth fifth round draft grade and I just pitched myself into a position where teams were like, well, the numbers are good. Let's see what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but really, I mean, I, I walked on at Mississippi State. Um, all my travel teams, I started at the bottom and had to build up. I mean, it was it's really been an underdog, like, grinding my way up. And, I again, I know it's like yeah. being a first round yeah. and kind of a prospect for a few years, that sounds weird. But um, that has been my story for the most part. Um, so, yeah, just that, just being able to, to roll with that kind of stuff yeah. and then just keep keep going. Being a Spring Hill resident now, you and your wife live near, relatively, Nashville and, and First Horizon Park, and you happen to be a sound now whenever you're at AAA. What is the best part of that? Is it just simply the convenience of it that you're getting your home bed every night when the sounds are in town? That is exactly right. There's nothing better than driving just 30 short minutes 
back home, sleeping in my own bed, having my two dogs and my wife there waiting for me, and waking up, eating breakfast with them, and then uh, coming to the field every day. It's yeah. just it's just great. It's very convenient. How long have you lived in that area in, in southern middle Tennessee? Uh, about three three years now, yeah. Okay, so it would have been right around the time that the affiliation change happened, and you're Correct. getting into pro ball, and you're like, Correct. oh, AAA is going to be Correct. in Nashville. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It was the... Uh, you know, the COVID shut down. They shut everything down. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, with that time, we were renting at the time, and we were like, well, we should maybe buy a house because, you know, Middle Tennessee's not getting any cheaper, and interest rates were nice at the time. <laughs> <laughs> not so much anymore. But, yeah, we bought, and then I, I I don't know when the affiliate change happened, but I was like, hey, when it did, we're in business. <laughs> we're in business. Well, even AA Biloxi was fairly convenient. AA was very convenient. A, Mississippi. I have uh, plenty of plenty of ties to that, yeah. obviously, and then uh, my wife's family's from just about an hour away from there, so we were close to hers down there, and we're close to mine up here. So, yeah. in season or out of season, what are some escapes for you from the game? Because those are very important, both in season and out of season. Right. Um, really, I love playing golf. I need to do it more because I'm not very good. <laughs> um, but that's obviously hard to do. And then a uh, big thing is just taking advantage of our off days. Like, you know, me and Hannah will go on. We usually try to go out to dinner, see a movie, something to just, you know, be together and take away from the monotony of mm-hmm. ballpark sleep, ballpark sleep, because that, that is what it is yeah. if you let it go too far. Now, the media guide shows fishing. It shows painting like and stuff. guitar. Where in those? Uh, no, oh, is, is, that, is, is that inaccurate? We got to clear the air here? No, no, no. <laughs> so accurate. But just only so many hours in a day. Sure. I did have a, a, a painting uh, phase where I was trying. I just I watched the <laughs> I used to fall asleep to some Bob Ross videos, <laughs> and I wanted to try to emulate that. Um, I got. I don't know how good I got. I won't say I got good, but it okay. is relatively fun to do. It's just it's hard to do, and it's very messy. Yeah. I will say that. Are there certain types of things you found yourself liking to paint? Just all the Bob Ross stuff. Okay. Just all the lands- landscapes and tree- trees are hard. I couldn't do trees. Actually, mountains are the hardest. Mountains are the worst. Water is <laughs> pretty easy because it's just blue. <laughs> you slap some blue down. <laughs> but but it was fun. I, I still have pictures of it, too, so I'll show you sometime. All right. So so you're not actively doing this r- any recent time, it, it sounds like. Uh, it's probably been about a year okay. since I sat down and did one. The, the hard part is uh, once you paint it, uh, especially if it's a painting by me, it's not worth anything. <laughs> so I have to throw it away <laughs> or do something with it. So it just turns into like oil paint everywhere, yeah. canvases that have been painted on every. It, it's very messy. Did, did you find it or do you find it relaxing or is it more just kind of it scratches a different itch than baseball does? I think so. I, I think it's just trying to be particular and perfect in something else. And it's just it's it's more trying than doing but it it is pretty fun seeing what you can make come together at the end now what about guitar guitar still working on it i can only play like very very basic things i would actually like to get somebody to teach me because i just i don't have the mental fortitude to sit down and watch a youtube video (laughs) i don't know how to do it it just takes too much out of me but yeah that's something i would like to get even better at and then fishing love fishing um just haven't gone in a while that's more of an off-season thing a lot of spots i would think around where you are within a relatively short drive to to find a fishing spot in in tennessee no oh yeah well that's the thing if i ever wanted to go i mean there's plenty right around but um the county i'm from has i think we have seven seven lakes 
in it. So just anywhere you want to go, really. Yeah. Um, what about fishing do you find relaxing? Because what, what stands out to me about the painting or the fishing or the guitar, and, and in golf to a degree too, mm -hmm. part of you thinks, well, this will be really relaxing, but it can get very frustrating. And then you're yeah. like, well, this is taking away from the whole point of why I wanted to do this if you yeah. take it too seriously. Yep. See, I, that's, that's the thing about fishing. It's fantastic when it's going well. But even if it's not going well, I can enjoy it as long as it's not like 95 degrees plus. Yeah. I don't want to sit out there and sweat. And, you know, this is very a prima donna statement, I understand. <laughs> but I don't want to sit out there and sweat and catch nothing. Of course, nobody does. Yeah. But I love like the 75, 80 degree days, even if you don't catch anything, just enjoying being outside. Yeah. So it's not so much what am I going to catch, how big is yeah. it. It's just well, being helps. out there. That definitely helps. <laughs> I want the 7, 8 pounder if possible. But if not, it's okay. You know, we were just chatting a second ago about the volume of ball players, both Tennessee natives and, and from the outside, who call Middle Tennessee home. Every day I feel like I hear of another guy who's like, oh, I didn't know he lived in Nashville. Right. Um, is there a large group that you're around in the offseason as you're working out? Uh, yes, and that group, uh, a lot of the guys in my agency is, uh, I mean, gosh, there's so many. Like I said, Jake Berger, Brent Rooker, Brandon Lau, I think, has a house some somewhere. <laughs> who knows? Um, but a lot of guys, pretty much all those guys, if they don't live here yet, it feels like they're probably going to at some yeah, point. Yeah. And then you hear of others like, you know, who you were talking about. And I'm pretty sure Ari Dickey's not too far away. No, like, and you just a ton. And I'm sure there's tens, 20 more that yeah. I don't even know of. Yeah. As a, are you a fan? You mentioned golf, but outside of baseball, what is your favorite sport, I guess, besides golf right. to play and or be a fan of and watch? Hmm. Definitely not to play. My favorite sport to watch by far is football. Um, big, big, mostly college. Okay. I'm getting more into the NFL. I like the NFL a lot more recently. Um, but growing up, it was definitely college football. Being in the South, it's just that's what we live for. A um, little bit of basketball here. I love March Madness. Incredible. Yeah. And then golf. I'd rather play it than watch it, mm -hmm. to be honest. It's just more fun. <laughs> just, <laughs> just watching it on TV, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> Part of that for me, it makes me want to go play, but then I'm like, I, I know I am not going to hit anywhere near the shot that they're going to hit, and I'm yeah. just going to end up frustrated. You see Scotty Scheffler stick one within two inches, and you're like, I can do that, and then the first one you hit goes into the trees. So. What is something about being a professional athlete that is a lot harder than most people give it credit for? Like you said, you're not trying to be a prima donna. There's a lot of wonderful things about the career that you right. guys are in, but there are challenges that maybe people don't think of at the top of a list sometimes. Right. Um, I would say it's probably just the, the day in, day out grind more so than the games. The game is the funnest part. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we all enjoy the most is playing the game, But and there's one every day, but there's so much work that goes on. Uh, before the game, like hours of, you know, whether it's working out, ground, the guys are taking ground balls, we're playing catch, getting our mound work in, and that's every day. And that's kind of the stuff that wears on you. It's not much, so much the game because, mm -hmm. you you know, you do all your early work, then you go take a shower, you get ready for the game, and you feel, like, refreshed. But it's it's just that getting here early, and then, you know, you get back kind of late, you go to bed, and you wake up, and then you got to go do it again. Mm -hmm. So there's just not a lot of downtime, and I think that's why. If, if any of us could have one thing, it's just maybe – some more downtime yeah with all of the fitness and being in good shape and staying in good shape to compete comes a lot of monotony right mm -hmm. yeah i think that's probably that's what can wear on you as, as a season agent of course right now i think we're all um, in good spirits and having a great time but when you get into those august days and it's 100 
three degrees outside, yeah. that, that kind of wears on you a little bit. What, as you get into, say, August, September, and, the, and, and October, and the end of a season is near, no matter how the season's gone, no matter what level you're at, what's something about the offseason that gets you excited? Is it the start of football season that sort of signifies the potential of like a lazy right. Saturday for you that you don't get in all the in-season yeah. months? I, I think it's that and then like the first break of like crisp cold air yes. in the morning. That just feels incredible. And that's, that's how I know I'm about to be relaxing. It's like you get up at like six or something and you feel some cold air, turn the heat on, but roll the windows down kind of thing. That's my stuff. In Tennessee, we have to wait a while for that. That's like that November, takes, unfortunately. That takes a long time. And then it'll snow in April or something. It's just how it's just how we roll. Ethan, this was fun, man. Thank you for your time as always. Yeah, no problem. Thank All you. All right. Sounds left-hander Ethan Small. Thanks for joining us on another edition of Rounding Third. Thank you for listening to Rounding Third, the official podcast of the Nashville Sounds. For more information about Sounds Baseball and this podcast, visit nashvillesounds.com slash podcast.